Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome on another episode of Partially Excited. We've got an amazing individual again. Her name is Angie Schwartz. She is a mastermind creator, developer, and she gets people to create their own success. She is a conscious developer where she gets people in their conscious performance and be able to create their own success. And hello, welcome to the show, Angie. How are you doing today? Hello, Aaron. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here and that beautiful introduction. I'm very much looking forward to have this talk and chat and mastermind and brainstorm with you. Where are you from? I'm originally from Germany, but I spent about half my life living in South Africa. And currently, for the last four years, I reside in Sweden. Um, I always think that the world is too beautiful to live in one place. So I travel around and explore the countries by living in them. Why South Africa? Because I found love. I met a South African guy through friends in England in Germany and we connected instantly and he invited me to come to visit South Africa. That was 1993. So I decided, why the heck no? Yes, of course I go. And I totally fell in love with the country. In fact, when I was the first time in the South African bush and saw the wildlife, totally private on foot, I have never felt as much as at home than I was in South Africa. And so I made it my home in and out for, yeah, almost 25 years. Tell us about when you say home. Home is... (laughs) The saying goes, home is where your heart is. But because I've moved so much, I would actually say home is where your stuff is. Um, So home, home is a feeling of being content, of being where you're supposed to be. Wow. And some of the travel around the world, you probably went from place to place and stuff is stuff, you know. 
Exactly. I once moved to Botswana when my small daughter was born and we didn't take our stuff and it was never home. So that's when I realized home is where your stuff is. Your heart always comes with, but your stuff doesn't. And it makes it, it makes a home. It's the stories, you know, it's the memories, it's the stories, it's the adventures that you carry. It's fascinating how it's the stories, the memories, and that's what we remember more than the place or the country or the location or destination, you know? I think it's a bit of both. Um, everything is, is important, but what you remember is the feeling. With someone that works in the area of hypnosis, it's all about the feeling. And probably back then it was kind of pointing you towards it's all about the feeling. Feelings originate in your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind runs 95% of your day-to-day -day being and living and all the decision-making. And we are emotional feeling, sensory beings. So our intuition is a feeling, fear is a feeling, joy, love is all a feeling. Feelings govern our thinking, our being. Even if you think you suppress them, it's a feeling that you suppress and that suppressing is also a certain emotion or feeling. So I think they're very important. And I think there are absolute amazing road signs along the way where we could go. And I'm not even saying should go because there's no shoulds, but about the opportunities that lie ahead. Yeah, and I would assume Germany, South Africa, London, Sweden, it's all about the direction, the signs and the feelings, you know? Yeah. Look, if you go to a place, you know whether it feels right or not. You go into a house in somebody's home and sometimes you say, wow, this is amazing. And then you go to uh, some of these old castles, for example, in England or in Wales, in the old countryside, and you go into one of these ancient old buildings and you say, whoa, this is creepy. It's a feeling. It's a feeling first that hits us, whether we're aware of it or not. And generally, if you study human behavior and how people um, act, people act on their feelings straight away. When did you get curious about human behavior? I think from a very early age. I remember watching TV and I must have been ugh, 12, 13, maybe around that age. At that stage, we got the footage and the documentaries about these fakirs and the yogis in the far Middle East. And I was fascinated how you can lie on a bit of nails and don't feel any pain. And I thought, how do they do that? And from that time onwards, it was all about it's the mind control. And I thought, how do they do that? You know? So I got very much, very really fascinated with the mind and why people do what they do and, and how to actually create a nice life experience for yourself. Because my parents, my mother was an artist, my father's a scientist. So um, I got the, probably the best of both worlds, poetry and art and, and rational thinking. And um, it always fascinates me how to to create what you want and, and how to, to be happy and live a fulfilled existence. That must have been interesting, have two opposite ends, very scientific and a very creative uh, family in their occupations and what they do, you know? Yeah, for me it was normal, um, but in hindsight it was probably not normal. Um, they got on well, there are obviously arguments like in any good relationship, but basically it, it was a very nice upbringing and I got exposed to a lot of things. There's always art, music, poetry, literature in there um, because from my father's side, he also enjoys that. And um, if I had a scientific question, I knew who to ask or a technical question. 
and it would be explained. And I think that's where the magic lies in the combination of the esoteric, invisible, and the science, like quantum physics, for example, when you understand what is happening from a molecular structure or energetic structure, I mean, it makes it so much easier to to then act upon and implement and understand. Yeah, it, it shows us how the intellect and the art, but yet the art, I think, is the spiritual side coming, mixing together. And that's what creates humanity in some way. And you probably discover that in exploring those areas. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we have our logical thinking and it's not about dismissing it. It's about feeding it with the knowledge you know that for yourself, when you know why you should interval training and why the sprints in between are good in the pushing and the endurings, when when you intellectually understand why, your motivation goes up. And the same with consciousness and, and mind. If you understand what the physical implications of certain thoughts are, it makes so much more sense to go and think in a different way because it just influences your, your body and your life. And I think it brings understanding and wisdom as well. What was your burning why of exploration as, was it holistic spirituality? Was it intellect? Was it knowledge? What kind of created that burning desire to learn stuff? I would say that um, the absolute waste of human potential. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I remember after school, I went into more into business because I couldn't decide whether I wanted to go to university or not. And I was a bit tired of studying and reading. So I just thought, you know what, let me just go and work a little bit to see what that is like, because I knew the studying and the reading. So I had a fair idea what university would be like. And for my first day, I came back from now first time in office, you know, and I said to my mom, she was busy painting. And I said, mom, I will never be somebody that finds a total fulfillment in an office job. So then I look at all these people that go from nine to five and dream of a better life and for six week holidays a year. And I think it's a total waste of human potential. I think this was my burning desire of how to create a lifestyle that brings really everything that we are capable of together. There's one more incident. Yes, when I was 18 and I just had my driver's license, um, me and a friend, we were driving from Germany all the way to Portugal at the coast. And um, we were arriving there and we looked over the West Coast, over the ocean, and it was beautiful sunset. And we camped, of course, you know, we were camping. And the camping ground was run by some German people, youngsters. They were just in their mid-twenties. And I looked at them and I thought, now here's a lifestyle. You know, you are in a holiday destination, you are in a beautiful country and you do what you love and you make this your income. In that moment, I made myself a promise that I will emigrate somewhere, somehow and do something else but the office job, nine to five. And yeah, and I managed to, to do it. I have never been employed since 95. I've been my own boss and traveled the world. And yeah, that's, um, I think that's a good testimonial for, for actually living life to the fullest. How did that feel when you had that light bulb moment? I was very empowered. It, it was very empowering because it was very quiet, very, um, it was just that knowing. 
you know, that, that knowing. And when you have that moment of knowing, anybody who's listening and has that knowing, they know what that knowing feels like. It's a quiet, solid, very solid feeling. Yes, that's the way it's it shall be. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was really nice. So when you realize I don't want to work, don't have a nine to five job, what do you go do to create? You know, we all need money to live so and freedom and everything. So where did the journey go to there? Well, after that trip to Portugal, I still had to finish school. That was before. That was in my last last years of school. I did go and work. I did have a salary. I was employed just to really make sure that this is not for me. And um, in the meantime, on my spare time, I explored the mind, the power, energy. Um, how does it go together? And I was experimenting and I was practicing and I was doing all kinds of things. Those kind of things were Reiki practitioner at that stage when it was still very, very new and you couldn't do it anywhere or not as, as often or as easy as you can do it now. Martial arts, we worked a lot with energy with that. Um, I doubled into meditation. Yeah, and then the opportunity came and I accepted the invitation to, to travel as a tourist to South Africa. And from there onwards, I decided to immigrate because there was also a knowing when I was in South Africa for the first time that this is where I'm going to live. And then I remembered the promise that I made myself. It was, yeah, it wasn't a question. It wasn't a debate. It was just, I'm at home here. This is my home. I want to be here. I want to live here. Plus that I was in love with a handsome South African chap helped. <laughs> it always helps when you got a lover in South Africa, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And why the tourism business? Because I love sharing something good with people and I love traveling. And again, it was an opportunity. Look, I came to South Africa, I was speaking better German than English. And um, the German, you know, the nation, German people, they love to travel. So there was a demand and um, I loved it. And I got paid for traveling the country once again. This is a nine to five job. I mean, I got paid to go and go whale watching. I got paid to watch elephants. I mean, how much better can this be, actually? Wow. Yeah, I get to watch animals. That's the best job ever, you know? Oh, yeah, you could be quiet. You don't even have to, to, to say anything. Just shh, be quiet. <laughs> I loved it. It was awesome years. Absolutely awesome. It's interesting how those, when we look back, we realize, wow, that actually the best time ever taught me something. And, you know, traveling around South Africa, probably you got to see gorgeous, beautiful landscape, animals, but probably it taught you a lot by yourself about yourself as well. Yes, absolutely. Because it's unpredictable and you have a responsibility and you have to be flexible. Um, but it's all it's all good. Um, when you do what you love, you're guided in any case and inspiration comes and you always meet the people that you need to meet. Besides broken down buses and boats and cars that wouldn't start in front of lions and all kinds of things, I managed to <laughs> be all right. <laughs> I had an awesome time, learned. Yeah, I learned about my strength, my weaknesses, what I like and what I don't like, totally. It sounds like fear was part of that as well, but you overcame it, you know? I think fear is always part of everything and anything. Um, I mean, it's a fear of the unknown. It's ingrained in us. I think it's unrealistic to live a life without fear. Um, it's more the good old saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. 
because fear has got its place. It keeps us alert, you know. Uh, it keeps us on our guard so we don't blindly or naively walk into something or do something totally stupid. And at the end of the day, fear and excitement are so close. It's, it's also a mind judgment. Am I now excited or am I fearful? Because the physical symptoms are very, very much the same. It's just the mind, the judgment. What do I do? And, and I guess there's an adrenaline junkie somewhere in all of us to a certain or higher degree. So, don't you think so, Aaron? I totally agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> You, you've answered a burning question. Are we all adrenaline junkies? And yes, we are. Fantastic. Of course we are. We're addicted to our emotions. I mean, you know, the one of the, the basic human needs is certainty and familiarity and safety. And the other one is variety. And it's, it's a constant up and down and back to safety, back to excitement. It's like night and day. You know, it's up and down. There's a time when we're active and we do stuff and we're all excited and there's time when we rest. So for me, it's part of life. Yes, fear is definitely part part of day-to-day living and I've learned to embrace it. It's a good old friend. Yeah, let's do it anyway. <laughs> I asked because, like you said, starting up cars in front of lions, you're thinking, oh my God, they're, they're lunch or something like that, you know? Yes, you are fairly scared in that moment. <laughs> but then, But then again, it happens, you know, and we're all still alive. So I never had a really tricky um, situation, more more tricky situation with people, but with animals. Animals in, in that regard, um, they're wonderful, even if they're wild animals. It's just a misconception that we have in the Western world, um, like snakes, for example. A snake is perfectly aware that it can't eat you. So you leave the snake alone, then it will leave you alone. It's as simple as that. Why are humans more tricky to judge the animals? Because they have good intellect and they have a different different agenda. Animals normally don't really have an agenda other than to eat. But humans can have agendas and they have limiting belief systems and they have concepts and judgments. Animal doesn't. I mean, look at the dog. The dog just loves you. Whether you just come out of bed or whether you are super fancy dressed, it doesn't matter. It just loves you. There's no judgment. I wish humans were like that, where there was no, we were just like animals, but had the intellect, you know? Yeah, but then we couldn't have podcasts, could we? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now we would be, we would be eating, sleeping, mating. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where the variety comes and the excitement comes, you know? An animal isn't an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> I think I think we're okay with our intellect and our minds and yeah. I mean as a therapist or a coach I wouldn't have a business if people wouldn't have judgments and limiting belief systems, do I? No, not at all. So you delved into Reiki coaching, hypnosis. Why did you want to go and become a therapist? Um, because once again, it's the the waste or, or the sleeping of inner potential and it's it's the unfulfillment of opportunities and so many people are so unhappy in their lives and there is a different way and I guess it's my personality to help people and to uplift and motivate I've always done that I think it's very extremely rewarding when you can walk with somebody through a difficult time in their lives and get them back on track. I I just love it. I absolutely love it to see my clients succeed and create whatever they want to create. For me, that's the biggest job satisfaction. 
And she's a great hypnosis voice as well. If you're looking to get your uh, your own hypnosis program, you know. I will. I will. It's busy developing. Um, it will come anytime soon. Thank you for that. And why hypnosis? Um, I find hypnosis is one of the fastest and most effective ways to go to the root cause. And I like to not to rush things, but I also don't like to waste time. And I like to be efficient and effective as much as possible. And from personal experience, I find hypnosis is just one of the best tools because it's natural to be in trance. Um, you don't need any tools. You don't need any equipment. It's a safe, absolute safe way of uh, accessing the subconscious mind where the feelings, the limiting belief system, the programs are. That's why I love hypnosis. Have you experienced being in trance? Oh, plenty. I'm most days in trance. Um, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Simply, the intellectual conscious mind can't multitask. It can hold five to nine things simultaneously, and then it gets tired very quickly and very easily. And the subconscious mind does all these millions and millions of things simultaneously. So I love to be in a light trance and kind of go with the flow and have one ear out to the intuition and the guidance. That is how I, I am more productive. I'm more relaxed. It takes less energy. It works for me, absolutely. Wow, we're great to be in trance every every second of the day. Well, not every second, but we are in trance multiple times a day in any case. Driving a car, reading a book, watching a movie, going in the shower, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, that's all trance because you do it automatically. So it's a natural state for us to be in. So we might as well use it to unlock our potential and create the life that we want to and desire. Yay, excellent. I'm in trance every day, every brush my teeth. Every Yes, you are. <laughs> start brushing your teeth with the other hand and you start consciously thinking. <laughs> I always knew it, but you've, you've answered another question. <laughs> Where did you learn how to be a hypnosis therapist? Oh, I learned from the greatest teachers in the South African Institute for Hypnotism. It is run by um, a German woman, Claudia Klein, who immigrated to South Africa a couple of years before I went there. And um, she had an experience through hypnobirthing of her two children. And then she became a hypnotherapist at the Institute. And then the people that started it retired. And so she bought it and she's been running it ever since. And her staff, her team is an absolute gifted and brilliant hypnotherapist. Um, from coming back into Europe, you obviously hear and get in touch with other hypnotherapists. And it just shows me how solid the training was and how absolutely brilliant those individuals are. It's beautiful. And thank goodness they do sessions via Zoom as well. Very, very good. So, yeah, I learned it there. And it's certified with the uh, American body and the English hypnotherapy association and i'm super grateful for gotten such a good grounding and training in that time when i was there yeah you know we assume the world assumes that hypnosis is you know put someone to sleep make them do these these silly tricks but you know you just describe their trances this everyday things and it's great to have good grounding and foundation in well genius people in this area so probably you feel like yeah learning i got is fantastic you know 
It is. And you know what? You touched on something there, Aaron. The um, shows, the hypnotherapy shows, or not hypnosis, hypnotherapy, the hypnosis shows for entertainment. There's a huge misconception there because if you think how this works, now the hypnotist asks for volunteers. So nobody comes up to the stage and being uh, forced to do something that they don't want to. It's volunteers. So the people that want to come on the stage, they naturally want to have fun. They are prepared to be on stage and, and do something funny. You know, it's in their personality. So they want to come and take part and want to be a part of this. Also, if you look at what happens is it's mostly the day-to-day -day things that are all familiar and safe to us that are then just put out of order, which makes it so incredibly funny, you know. But you don't now have the next X Factor winner there with supernatural abilities. That doesn't happen. If you would interview and speak to the people that have taken part in a show like this, they basically mostly say that they do remember what they did and they were fully aware of it. It's just for them, it's, it felt normal. And because it's the day-to-day -day things that we can all relate, which are mingled up and put in a funny sequence, this is why we can connect and we find it funny and everybody has fun in the process. I didn't realize that, you know. Yeah. And the people volunteer, that's a very important factor that they want to have part, uh, want to take part. Those are normally the people that dance on the tables and are the loudest in the park. It's kind of funny if you think about it, but realistically, it makes sense too, you know? Yeah. It's super easy, actually. Why is it super easy? Because you always need to give permission as a person. Hypnosis is always self-hypnosis. If you don't want to be hypnotized, you're fully in control. But if you do want to have fun in a show, for example, because you're already out on a Friday or Saturday evening and everybody's in a good mood, then you go with it. A lot of people, they don't even need to be hypnotized to, to sing out loud and dance on the table and things like that. And because you get the permission from the person to do something on the show or in therapy, it is actually fairly easy because they want to make a change. They want to have fun. And this is why it's also effective. I sometimes got calls for, I want to book an appointment for my husband. My husband needs to stop smoking. And then I would just say, okay, can you get the husband to phone me, please? And nine times out of 10, they never called <laughs> because, because the husband had no inclination to stop smoking. <laughs> And this is then obviously when hypnosis doesn't work because you are in control of your life. Simple. Says it on the can and the tin, you know? Yep. And there's no way around it. You don't want to change. You ain't going to change. You want to change, then I can help you to make that wanting into a burning desire and actually put it into reality. But if you don't want to, you don't want to, that's it. Simple then enough. have a blessed life. Then it's yeah. not my position or my way to mingle in your whatever suits you. Do you still use your other therapies like Reiki and martial arts and all that? Okay, the martial arts, <laughs> I use seldom <laughs> because I prefer to be gentle with my clients and not to beat them up, you know? <laughs> so, so no, that I don't use <laughs> in, my, in my work. Um, but all the other spiritual training um, and energetic training, that always flows in. You know, you can't switch something like that off. 
it is who I am. And it, it always comes in by being intuitive and listening and sensing what is the right thing for that person or what do they need, what do, what do they require. Um, yeah, that comes totally, my, my absolute, all the life experience comes into every single conversation or session or mastermind. Totally, absolutely, yes. When you listen and be intuitive, what does that look like and how does that feel? Um, what it looks like? that I'm probably a little bit quiet and stare into space and it feels it feels like I'm opening the door and I'm listening it's like when you call somebody on the phone then you're in an active state of listening you're waiting for them to pick up and say something that's what it feels like to me and then I put a question out and then I really really wait I normally get it in a thought, in words, I would say, and then I wait for it to come through because that is actually something that a lot of people forget. They ask the universe, God, whoever, you know, they ask and ask and ask and they never take the time to listen for the answer. And when you're constantly talking and asking, there's no space for the answer to come in. So you've got to become quiet and just really listen and then you can hear stuff. But I don't want to listen. It's too much noise and energy. And But then magic is there, you know? Yes. And then you can quiet your mind, breathing, meditation, ask somebody to take you into trance. Because remember, the mind cannot think of two things at the same time. So if you give it something to run itself, the conscious mind now, to run itself to a place of standstill, and then it naturally becomes quiet. And then you can listen. It's fascinating how silence is an answer for 100% of all the genius things that's happened in us and in the world at the same time, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you've got to make space somewhere. You've got to make space. And even if it's just in your mind or in your head, you've got to make space to put something else in. Nutrition, where did that come from? Healthy body, healthy mind. And vice versa. Uh, look, when you are scared, you have a physical reaction. Very much though. So. And when you are in love and blissfully happy, you also have a physical reaction. So the body influences the mind in the same way the mind influences the body. I find that when you want to achieve something, you, you've got to take the mental aspects, the attitude towards it, and you've got to look at the body. I mean, you're an athlete, amongst other things. So you know that if you want to win a race, you've got to train your physical body and you've got to work on your attitude. So for me, they go hand in hand, right? I can't sit and be totally overweight and dream of, of winning um, a 100-meter race. And also, when we look now into quantum physics and vibration and energy, if you go into the spiritual levels and higher levels of thought, you have a high vibration. Now, that high vibration needs to have a vessel to come through you as a human being. And for that, you need to have a body that is healthy enough and strong enough to actually hold that vibration. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. You can't put a Ferrari engine into a little beach buggy. It ain't going to work. I totally agree with you. But yes, it, you could, but you can't. Yes, you can. And it's going to blow. <laughs> And I've seen people, I've met people that were dabbling with it and they were dabbling of having a, an enlightenment experience as fast as possible. 
and and they had a huge reaction on their body in that case the body was just packing on layers and layers and layers of fat to protect <laughs> to protect itself uh, meanwhile if they would have taken their spiritual enlightenment a little bit slower then the body could have adjusted yeah it's it's very important for me plus we have an awesome body and it's fascinating and there's so many toxins in the in the food and if we want to live healthy and independent and licensed strong nutrition is important absolutely we are what we eat totally i agree the story of the hare and the tortoise if you want to get there quick you blow up slow and steady wins the race you know yep absolutely with you discovering food and how it affects the body on a physical and mental level, did it kind of make you more aware about you and your body and what like this food equals that and this food equals this and this is how I should perform as a holistic therapist? Yes, obviously, because you learn and then I like to experiment things. I like to feel what it feels like if you go on a fasting or if you do this or if you do that. I find maintenance is one of the best ways of of actually staying on top of things and maintaining a physical body through good nutrition. You don't waste time of being ill or being sick. And then obviously I've got two children so then the moment you have children then nutrition becomes so much more important because you want those little ones to grow up as strong and as healthy as possible. And I've discovered a lot I, I try different things, like I said, you know, then I do a fast or then I do just juices. And then I see how does it feel when I go on a ketonic diet. And then at the end of the day, I believe that there's no one size fits all. Different body types and different blood types and different personality types and people types, they require different nutrition. So it depends where you are in your life, age as well, what you're doing and what you want to achieve. And then you adopt accordingly, making sure that the body actually gets what it needs and requires, depending where you are in your life. That is so true, but I just want to fit my pair of jeans. I don't go through all that. So what's the point? But then the point is you're gonna end up sick and not healthy. And that's the better way of going around it, you know? Yeah, I'm still wearing the same pair of earrings that I wore in high school. Wow, no way. <laughs> yeah, my earlobes haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's an accomplishment there and then. Thank you. <laughs> and over the years of experimenting, have you noticed what works and what doesn't work regarding your body and food? I would say I change, you know, I really adapt. Um, variety is important. Um, going, living in different countries, then your whole shopping list changes. But bottom line is everything has worked for me for a time. Um, I wouldn't say anything that I wouldn't recommend actually, but certain times for certain things. Like a fasting, I don't do a fasting when I'm extremely busy because then I'm defeating the purpose of relaxing and detoxing and taking time out for myself. Obviously you go through the seasons, so in summer you eat more fruits and in winter you eat more soups. So I try to not to be too rigid and bring variety to the table and just stay on top of it, whether this is through healthy food or clever, smart supplements. It depends, you know, it depends where I am in my life. That's such a valid point where I am in my life because the seasons change, our bodies change, our, our, we get smarter, we get bigger, smaller, but what fits for our body at that moment is the right way to go. 
Exactly. And I think we always, always need to keep that door open to flexibility because otherwise we're rigid and we're not going with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and I have met on Masterminds at the very beginning. That's how we were introduced to each other and we're constantly on Masterminds with each other on different topics with different people. But where did you discover Masterminding? <laughs> I discovered it because I was totally unorganized. <laughs> I was unorganized in a way that I lost myself in the dreams and the exciting opportunities and I needed a structure to actually put it all together. And um, this is how I came through to the abundance game and the abundance game comes with masterminds. So I said, okay, well, I've got the digital software now to log my visualization, affirmation and all of that. So now, okay, now I've got the opportunity for masterminds. Okay, let's see what that is all about. And I instantly connected with the people. And this is how I got into it. Because I find, look, I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm a deep thinker. I'm a spiritual person. And normally you find one or two, maybe three people in the town that kind of think your way, uh, that you totally resonate with. And all of a sudden, the masterminds, because they're on Zoom and all over the world, it opened up a platform for me to connect with like-minded people in a way that I've never done before. Because I would always be confined to the, to the town where I meant. You know what I mean? So I just instantly felt, we come back to the feeling, felt a connection there, felt that it is hugely benefit for me. And yeah, I'm stuck with it ever since. And I'm about to release a hypnosis mastermind where we actually do a group hypnosis for an hour. It was coming in about a month's time. I haven't told you that, Aaron. Have I? No, no. First time. <laughs> yes, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, gossip. Hot on the press. <laughs> yes. This is, in fact, oh my gosh, this is, in fact, my, my first official announcement for this. <laughs> wow. And this isn't the only mastermind. You've got like apples and oranges and pears of different ones. So you just love creating, I think, you know? Yes. Yes. I love creating because I think it's an awesome way of sharing knowledge and empower people. And um, it's a good way for me to reach a lot of people and get the message out and, and offer this opportunity for others as well to connect with like-minded people and not be a lone ranger anymore wondering what to do and how to get it because the power of a mastermind is just amazing what you can achieve and brainstorm and get inspired i just love it and before mastermind did you feel like you were alone doing stuff by yourself oh very much though i mean you've got to, when you say what do you do for work hello i'm anti i'm a hypnotherapist oh my gosh <laughs> so, or they ask you for lotto numbers which i don't do by the way <laughs> so <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, I, I was very blessed with my husband who, who totally gets me and there's a close, close group of friends, but the general public, I would say just really, yeah, there wasn't too much of a deep con connection. Not like I've got now the circle of friends that I met internationally. Absolutely. Yeah. But I guess it's the, the path as well that at times you are lonely because you have to deal with yourself first. And you can't deal with yourself when you're in a crowd. Not really. Too many distractions. Yeah. 
we live in crowds, which are too much distractions. And I wonder when we go into a group like a mastermind, we cut off all that noise and focus on our, our true self. Yeah, exactly. Because there the energy is right and you have a level of understanding already before anybody said anything, because there's a reason why you're there. And if you meet meet people in a cafe or or, or the parents from school, you don't have an intellectual or, or energetic common ground. And I think that makes a difference for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I totally understand. And you've got like different masterminds in, you know, from your nutrition to, you know, soul food cafe to 30 day quests to never ending stuff to grief. Like where do you get all these ideas from, you know? Well, the grief turned into the together, actually, because it's not about grieving. But this is, this is my little baby, the, the Together. I absolutely love it because that's for the people that are accompanying people that are ill, you know, terminally ill or autoimmune disease or cancer or that kind of thing. And the people around the bed, the families, the spouses, the daughters, the partners, there's not really a support system for them. And because I've been through the, the journey myself, there's so much that comes up and you don't have a place to speak up for. So this mastermind, this group was created to help the people that are supporting a, a close friend through or close family member um, through illness, which often is terminal, you know, to find back to themselves. It's not a pity party about, oh my gosh, my life is so hard. No, it's how can I keep finding myself and find myself back going through the pressure of taking care of somebody and the frustration, the fear, the unknown, the being fed up, the anger, the doubt. You know, there's very, very little out there um, where people can actually speak up because they don't know. The doctors get trained, the nurses get trained, and society doesn't really speak about that. What if you're frustrated because you need to look after somebody who's bedridden? You don't say that, do you? But we all feel it at times. And then the guilt and the shame that comes with it, feeling like this, I should be happy, I should be of service, but it's just too much. So this is where the where, where that Together Mastermind was created. And we're doing remarkable shifts. We're seeing really beautiful, empowering, re-energizing of the people that come and actually are seen and heard and can get sometimes just simple, practical tips and tricks of finding themselves again in the balance while going through that journey with with a close one that's what people want you know regardless if it's today or a friend or a family we just want to be heard and say here you go you know yes this happened but here's a way to rediscover yourself exactly and just to let it out you know without being judged without the guilt just being there and say, you know what, I hear you. I've been there as well. I know exactly how you feel because I've been there. That often makes all the difference to know that you're not alone. Because when you have somebody who, who's going through cancer or an autoimmune disease or something like that, you very much feel alone. The doctor comes in for a couple of minutes, maybe, you know, that's it. And the rest is you in your home or in the other apartment with that person who's totally dependent on you. It's an interesting journey of self-discovery, I can tell you. Yeah, you, you really have, you can wrap your life all in one, it's a self-discovery from point A to point Z. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that all within 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you have you found the the immortality answer yet? If you have, tell us. Uh, what what exactly is the question about immortality? <laughs> to live longer. <laughs> to live longer. Yeah. Okay. Well, find your why. Why do you want to live longer? You need to have a purpose. Um, number one, find a purpose. Number two, look after your vehicle, which is your physical body, as good as possible. There's lots of things that you can do to make sure that your cells multiply and renew itself and always, always do your spiritual work. Absolutely. Um, my spiritual mentor, which I'm still in contact with, the woman is absolutely amazing. She looks younger by the year <laughs> because because she just connects on a spiritual level to light source and love and light. And she's got no wrinkles, is healthy. Uh, it's amazing. I think that would be my answer to immortality. Meditate and meditate and meditate. Meditate while you do the dishwasher. Meditate while you do your wash your laundry. It's the best answer for everything. Exactly. Be conscious in the moment and yeah. eat healthy and be happy. Has your why to do what you want to do in the world changed? You know, from when you started to have that light bulb moment to now. Um, the light bulb moment when I was 18 was definitely it's different there I didn't know what I was gonna do I was 18 years old I just did I, I just knew what I wasn't gonna do okay but I didn't even had a clue about all the options that would be available other than that it's still very much in the basic state you know empowering people to live their best life and unlock their potential obviously it's the the little it gets polished let's put it this way but the main reason of being of service, that has been very constant for many, many years, actually. Absolutely, yeah. So I should be immortal soon and live a happy life, long, long, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so important for you to serve people in the way you do? I've got no idea. <laughs> Maybe it's my personality. It's my path in life. I've never really asked that why. That's a good question. Why is it important to me? I, you know what? I just totally get a kick out of it. it. It makes me extremely happy. And of course we do things. There's no such thing as selfless doing. We always get something out, you know? Uh, we don't do things where we don't get a return simply because we always get a return by doing something. Maybe it's my life's purpose. Maybe it's why I'm here. I never really question it because it just feels right and totally in alignment. And coming to think of, I've always been good at it. Um, I think even as a child, I had a gift, you know, with my hands um, in terms of touching people and then they would feel better. So I guess it's started from an early age. Was this something that your parents saw in you or something you discovered yourself? My parents knew that I was very good with my hands massaging. That definitely was there. Other than that, no, I didn't get encouraged to be a hypnotherapist, but they never stood in my way. Let's put it this way. I'm just thinking back now. Look, I was 25 when I immigrated. So that was still in the early stages of, of development. At, at that stage, I wasn't a therapist or a coach. Yeah, I was, it was more as a hobby. Um, and then the whole development started in South Africa. And then they weren't really there because they stayed in Germany. They would just come to visit for a couple of months, a few times a year. So they would always encourage me or, or not stand in my way, which is very often a very good gift if you can just get out of the way so that the person can do what they need to do. That's the best way of, I think, parenting and coaching is just get out of the way and let the person do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
is there something that like you know like we all will become our parents regardless if we don't like her or not just as the way the mechanics works is there something that your parents have given you in your character that people think wow that's Antia because of A, B and C you know like we sometimes get something from our father or our mother but it's ingrained in us like the way we brush our teeth well obviously I've worked a whole lot on myself to get limiting belief systems from my parents out of my system Um, But I think I definitely got the creativity from my mom. I love to create stuff. Um, I'm not a painter as such, but I love to to be practical arts. Um, She taught me how to sew and how to knit. And I always like to renovate houses or create gardens and that kind of thing. Oh, and for my mother's side, also the love for words for both. Both my parents are very, you know, they love literature and my mom was a very good writer uh, as well. So I love the power of words, which brings me back to the love for hypnosis, because for me, it combines the spiritual consciousness with poetry, because in, in hypnosis, you can't waffle. You want to say things as meaningful as possible in the most shortest most dense way so i think that's from my mom's side my father was or is very practical and gets things done and um i like that too i'm also very practical and when i made a decision i I put it into practice procrastination is something obviously i do i'm human um but not too much i do things i'm very much active do a person okay let's do it doesn't matter how big or small let's do it and that's very much my dad even today Wow. So, so I think I'm very blessed with my parents, actually. Yeah, we all are blessed, even though we're like, when we're young, we're like, I don't want to be like them. I don't want to do that. And then you realize later in life, oh, I'm blessed to have them, you know? Totally. So I think as a hypnotherapist, waffling is not part of it. But I think that's part of your character as well. But why, like, you have to get to the point, but why don't you waffle in hypnosis? Because I'm speaking to the subconscious mind and I need to watch that the conscious mind doesn't come in. And also I get paid for my time and it's a waste of time to waffle. (laughs) And I don't like waffling. (laughs) (laughs) And it's for me, it's an art. For me, it's an art. If I can say something in one sentence and every word has got meaning, I love it. Plus, in trance, obviously, it's not a conversation like we have here now. It's little words. There's a lot of quietness. There's simply just not space and time to tell stories, long stories. Wow. I think we're yet the client is having these stories reversed in these small words, which is another interesting part of this, you know. In a, in a typical session, we talk about it like normal. We talk about it before the time, then there's lots of word. And then when we take it into the subconscious world, into the trance itself, you naturally become more quiet. You relax. Your body and your conscious mind is relaxed and your subconscious mind is alert and awake. And because the speaking also requires conscious thinking, you want to have that in the background. And that's why I only say little things. And when my client speaks... They only speak in in a word or two, which is enough because I want to keep them in that daydream state, you know, in that quiet space. That's where the magic happens. I always want to ask this question. Why do you use the right hand and the thumb and the finger? It can be the left hand as well. It can be the pinky and the middle finger. No, you can't press those two. 
Um, because that is something that is easily recognized. And if I tell you that in trance, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If I would say, take your left pinky and your right big toe, you would start thinking and analyzing, and then you break the trance and the magic. Oh, that makes complete sense. Yeah, because it's simple. (laughs) (laughs) Easy and simple gets the job done. Exactly. Like I said, simplicity, you know, don't waffle. (laughs) (laughs) But yet the conscious mind wants to waffle and the subconscious is like, no, direct to the point, no waffle. Yeah, well, that's the, look, this is the difference between a lot of other forms of coaching where you talk and talk and talk and talk. And after an hour, you still have your issue. You just talked about it. And after 10 weeks or 10 years, you just keep on talking about it. And every time you talk about it, you put a, you're keeping it alive, right? Mm -hmm. Talking about a problem is like putting sticks on the fire. You keep it burning. But if you really want to have results, then you need to shift from the problem and talking about the problem or looking onto the solution and what you want to achieve. Because when you keep on focusing on the solution, since the mind cannot keep two things at the same time, the problem automatically falls away, right? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Practical, efficient. Teacher has uh, finished her lecture. Okay, now get out of here. (laughs) In your journey as a holistic therapist, is there other therapies you want to do or do you feel like hypnosis is your home? Um, So far, hypnosis has been the home for quite a while. Um, What I have done as well in the last um, year and a half is, is getting more coaching techniques because not everyone is ready to go so deep so quickly. And I needed to learn a couple of skills or techniques actually um, to turn it down a little bit so that I can speak in a language that the person wants to hear or can understand and absorb. Yeah, that's what I use as well. But anything that's got to do to bring body, mind and soul together, that's my approach. And there's obviously, yeah, there's the positive prime, the flow code, um, the personality assessment at times and the hypnosis. And with those, I find it's, it's a really round up package and obviously the nutrition if needed. But I'm always open. I'm always open to, to new ideas. Gina. But so far, that works very well for me and the clients, definitely. Gene, that's some machine gun load you have there, you know? <laughs> It's going to be effective, right? <laughs> I don't use this, but I'll use the next bus. I'll get him eventually, get him or her eventually, you know? Now, it's not about me getting anything. It's about how desperate do you want to, how, how strong is your desire for change? And since some people have a very strong desire, then we can do a hypnosis, two, three sessions, and that's it. And other people, they have too much in the way of terms of limiting belief systems. So I've got to water it down, you know, in terms of giving them as much as they can digest in that time. And then we can build up the confidence in a different way and, and strengthen the desire and find the direction. And then once you start walking, then you can learn to run. But the other way around, no, it's not working. And it's not fun, not for me or the client. So it all goes in the speed that how you want it. You're ready to run, I'll run with you. That's it. If there's one piece of advice you could offer to people either on the street or in therapy or whatever it is, what would it be? Go for it. Don't worry about the consequences and go for it. As long as it comes from the heart and it's a strong, genuine desire, just go for it. The doors will open. 
I think that's the main thing, to have the courage and the trust and the faith to really follow what makes you happy. But it's going to come from the heart, not from the head. But then the person knows the difference. Everybody knows the difference from a heart's desire to a should. I should be doing this. You just know. Yeah, I think that's what I would say. Go for it. If you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? Or your older self, what would it be? Uh, it's all going to be all right. A little bit patience. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be all right. <laughs> In fact, I remember just saying the other day, I really like it. All will be well in the end. And if it's not well, it's not the end. I love that. It's so, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That's my advice for myself at the moment. (laughs) That's probably why I remembered it. If you had all the resources in the world and everything at your disposal, would you still do the same thing? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I would probably do it from the yacht in the Caribbean. Yeah, I think I would move locations um, into a little bit of a warmer climate, um, but I will do exactly the same. And I intend to do this in various forms and shapes. You know, let's see what comes up and uh, nudging it and adapting it to the circumstances. But I intend to do this until my life is over when I'm 150. (laughs) It's just beginning. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'll make it to 300. Apparently, there are people that are alive for 300 years so that would be quite awesome actually yeah that would be I'll, I'll catch you back at 250 okay <laughs> okay all right and then we sit together and remember <laughs> that time when we did the podcast <laughs> and, awesome. yeah oh, it would be awesome and the mission you're on um with your projects and everything you're doing do you feel like it's the burning why that you feel like you can change the world in the way you can Well, the mission is to empower people and unlock their potential. Why? Because we can, because it's our birthright to be happy and joyful. And and that's a good mission and that's a good why. Yeah, I'll stick to that. Anche, where can we find you? You can find me on consciousnesselevator.com or you can find me here in Sweden or you can find me on the masterminds. But I think uh, consciousnesselevator.com is the best way to get in touch with me and read what I've all got to offer. And there's my email address on there and yeah, and then come and get in touch. It will be fantastic to see what we can do because the world is magical. So let's go for it. Angie, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your story and your knowledge. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for getting me think so deeply about things that are almost forgotten. It's always nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.